0: Good morning, glad you could join us for worship this morning, and we trust you enjoy being together with us. If your row has not already passed the attendance pads that should be on the outside, if you would do so, please, and as you sign in, kind of pay attention to the names of those in the row with you in case you don't know them, you'll be able to greet them a little bit later in the service. If it's your first time with us, we're glad you're here, and uh, we would ask you to allow us to give you some information about our church. It's a packet that tells you more about the ministries here at Alden Union. There's a card also in this packet that we ask you to take out out of the packet immediately and fill out and put it in the offering plate a little bit later so we can acknowledge visit by letter. So if it's your first time with us, if you'd raise your hand, Pastor Paul will be coming up the center aisle. Just keep it up till he's next to you to you and he'll make sure you get that packet of information. If you paid attention to your bulletin already, you'll notice it's packed full again. It's that time of year, things are starting up. And even though we're going to emphasize a few things, you still need to read through the whole thing and make sure you didn't miss something that would be a benefit to you. But we just remind you today, is food donation emphasis Sunday for February? You can read in the bulletin the things that they need in Alden Care to help minister to the needs of individuals. If you forgot yours, you can bring it next week. We'll still take it. And it's been very helpful in meeting some of the extra need they've been having lately. We ask you to join us tonight as we worship together. Part of the evening will include... Celebrating communion together if you want to come be a part of that We're still looking for individuals to sign up for the first course of Bible training center, which is called Bible study methods We need to have a minimum number of individuals to have the class and we need to know by next Sunday Who we have so you need to fill out a registration form you can find those out the back to your left There's an information center. It's at the top and fill it out and give it to me or Dave Pilgrim or turn it in the church office And we'll notify you if we can start that class as of Thursday, uh, the 12th. It'll be a Thursday evening class. We ask you to join us on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock in the chapel. You'll be able to meet those running for the office of elder and trustee. And then we'll have our regular prayer time as well. Uh, Men, you need to to register today if you want to do the bowling ministry that they're having together. The annual congregational meeting will be held Wednesday, February 11th at 7.30 p.m., A quorum of 140 members is required for an official meeting. You're invited to come early for dessert served in Fellowship Hall at 645. So we ask that all members come on Wednesday, February 11th, so we can celebrate what God did in the past year and look together for what God will be doing this next year in our fellowship. And then missionary conference is coming up in a month. And so you'll notice hospitality needs are explained in the bulletin. And we need a number to sign up for that, so pay attention to what's there, and please sign up for those things that you're able to do. The top of your order of worship is John four twenty three, It says, The hour is coming and is, is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. As we spend a few moments in silent prayer, that would be a good thing to ask God to help you do this morning, to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. So take a few moments to pray to him this morning.
1: Our heavenly father is the lord the almighty the king of creation in addition to being our father and let's begin by singing praise to him number him number 8 praise to the lord the almighty we'll sing all four stanzas please stand with me as we sing the Lord. Now take a few moments to meet the people around you. That was your cue. (laughs) You can find a place we'll continue our worship. Worshiping in spirit is always a challenge because our spirits wander, and um, it's good for us regularly to meet together to just take stock. Isaiah, at the beginning of his prophecy uh, to the nation of Israel, and after giving a very strong rebuke from God about their worship, which was not in spirit, it was in form, it was state-of-the-art worship, but not in spirit, uh, Isaiah concludes with a very moving call from God to self-examination and confession. And I'd like to read that, and then we'll continue. Isaiah, speaking for God, says, "'Wash yourselves.'" Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. And then these familiar words. Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool." Take a few moments and let the Holy Spirit just kind of scan your heart for anything that would be disobedience or lack of faith. It needs to be addressed. In a few moments, we'll sing our desire to be washed clean find a hymnal again and turn to 438. We're actually going to sing this to a different tune, the tune you know for Abide With Me. But the words are in 438, verses 1 and 2. And let's stand and continue our prayer to the Lord.
2: Two is the last.
3: Shall we pray together, please. Our Father, we recognize that we have no right to come into your presence except through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can come to the throne of grace. And it's the throne of grace because of his ultimate sacrifice for us. And we pray, Father, as we come into your presence, that our hearts might be right with you We pray your forgiveness and cleansing for sin that would stand in our way. We pray you will help us to come to you worshipfully, that we'll come to you with reverence, recognizing that you are our Father, that we may come to you through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for this time together, this opportunity to worship. Thank you we can worship in freedom and safety because of thy mercy. And we pray that as we continue in our worship service today, that it may be with the sense of your presence, the desire to do your will, to, that you may have your way in our lives, and that we, it's not just a form or formality, but it's a reality of our relationship with you and a desire to follow you and serve you. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to Alden Union Church over these last 100 years. We thank you for the for your word, which has been honored and spoken and preached and taught and acted upon over these years. We thank you for those who shared your word with us, and for those who went forth from these walls to serve you around the world. For those who have dedicated their lives in teaching and serving, uh, who are obedient to your spirit, to work through us in a way which would exalt our lord and savior the lord jesus and so we thank you for your faithfulness in the past we thank you for your faithfulness today as we would trust you through various life circumstances that may not be always favorable but we know you care for us you cleanse us you guide us you you are our father we pray that in the midst of whatever circumstances we may find ourselves that we'll trust in you to buoy us up, to lead us on, to glorify our Lord Savior and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you not only for the past, but also for today and also for the future. We pray, Father, you help us to not just dwell in the past, but that we may continue to serve you and to glorify you in the present and the future. And that the Lord Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you for uh, the way you guide us and strengthen us, even in the most dire of life circumstances, for those who have lost loved ones, for those who have uh, difficulty with their job situations, for those who are uh, wrestling with various psychological and physical problems, Lord, we thank you that you are the one who is always with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. I pray especially today for Pastor Rich Lindosky and the difficulties he's experiencing with headaches and other issues. We pray that you may heal him, that you may restore him uh, to full strength for the ministry you have for him in our midst. We thank you for Pastor Isensee and, and for bringing him here to uh, lead us in worship, and to uh, praise the Lord, uh, lead us in praise to you. We thank you for this provision, and for I just pray that uh, you'll guide him and Becky as they look for a house, as they settle in here, that we get better acquainted with us, and we get better acquainted with them. Together, we may worship you freely, and, and thank the Lord together for this provision from you. We thank for you for each of our pastors. For Pastor Paul, as he brings a sermon today, that you will strengthen him, and that you will speak through him to our hearts, and that we may respond with obedience. Father, we think of the various activities that are in our bulletin, and the the need for help in so many areas. We pray that we, as members of the body of Christ, may exercise the gifts given to us by your Spirit, and, and exercise those gifts in areas of service. are so necessary and needed here at Alden Union. We praise you for ESL and for uh, Allison Miller and for her headship of that ministry and for uh, the growth that we see there and for many who are responding in service to you as well as uh, to come and uh, uh, learn more about the language but also learn more about you. We pray that this may continue to grow and that your name may be exalted in their midst. We think of today as uh, Food Donation Sunday that you are mightily blessed through Alden Care as uh, physical needs are being met through that and through those people who serve with Alden Care. We pray that you open our hearts to share uh, material needs that uh, others have, share from the the wealth that you've given to us. Uh, We may be an encouragement to those who are needy and especially materially at this time and for those who have difficulty in job situations we pray that there may be the provision of their needs uh, as day by day they trust in you for sustenance from you we pray father that there may be a definite encouragement uh, along those lines in many lives of our people who are going through this difficult experience Father, we pray for the missionary conference coming up and the uh, 80th anniversary of that conference and for your faithfulness over the years and sending forth uh, missionaries from this place to serve you around the world. And we pray for the preparations of this and that this may be a time of rejoicing for your uh, headship and for your sending and for your grace in sending these people forward that you're name may be exalted among the nations. we pray Father for those and uh, that we're uh, remembering today especially among our, our military uh, we think of uh, Bruce Leffert who is a representative of our people who are serving in the Armed forces. we think of Bruce especially and his family over in Italy and we pray for uh, Leanne his wife as Uh, She cares for the three children while Bruce is often away uh, on uh, various assignments. And we just pray, commit that family to you and also each one of those who serve that our country, that they may be protected, that you may uh, show through them uh, your mighty power and that your mighty provision and your grace in their lives and protection and working through them to be a testimony wherever you planted them. We pray also for David Rizzo and for Ann Rosowski, who are uh, college students, representative of all of our college students away at school. We pray that you'll help them to not only uh, thrive mentally, but also that they may be a light in the area in which you place them, in the classroom, in front of professors and fellow students, that you may bless them lord and protect them and help them to be a testimony uh, in the in the colleges where they are going that uh, they not only may uh, develop uh, uh, mentally that they also may show forth through their uh, fellow students and teachers the grace of our lord jesus christ flowing through their lives <clears throat> we think also of also Dave Pilgrim who is the leader of the week vice chairman of the elders chairman of the worship committee we pray father that you will minister to Dave especially as he's having uh, difficulty with eyesight we pray you restore his sight to him we thank you for the years of his ministry among us Uh, the the, uh, pastors of bible study the the, uh, ways in which he has been encouragement to each of us personally uh, the ways he has ministered your word among us and taught it to so many and we think of the ones who've just graduated from the bible training center uh, over 100 people who have taken that course and for the course that's being formed to be many who perhaps are uh, making a decision right now whether or not to be part of that, that you help them to decide to Enter that course and be blessed by it as your word is taught. We thank you also for Marge Montgomery this morning, representative of our missionaries. Marge, you have served so many years uh, in Pakistan, who is now uh, going through the difficulties with her health. We pray, Father, you will minister to her uh, there in Lima, that you would help her to experience your personal presence and healing. And we thank you for the years that she served and for her faithfulness in Pakistan and as she's also ministered among us for many years after coming home. Continue to bless her and mightily as she continues to reach out to others in your name. And Father, we thank you for your generosity to each of us in providing our every need We thank you, Father, for the way you have poured out from your uh, heavenly coffers the blessings into our lives, not only physical but spiritual. And we pray, Father, that as we wait on you for our offering today, that it may not just be with a sharing of our earthly goods, but, Father, that we may give of ourselves to you for your service. And we thank you for your mighty grace and mercy toward each one of us, We commit these things to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: As the ushers come, would you stand and sing with me the doxology?
4: is true. he should give his only Son, and make a wretch his treasure.
1: It's the work of a loving Heavenly Father. Turn in your hymnal to 382 reflect some more on our relationship with our Lord, just stand with me and sing stanzas one and two only, stanzas one and two 382 stay standing we're going to read god's word responsively uh, read the lord's prayer in a translation that's now from the past century we can say that but i think it's very fresh and it may give us just a, a new insight new way of thinking about it. so if we can have those on the screen it's coming this mystery one more there we go okay i'll read the Light or the darker italics, if you read the bold white. When you pray, go into your own room, shut your door, and pray to your Father privately. Your Father, who sees all private things, will reward you. And when you pray, don't rattle off long prayers like the pagans who think they will be heard because they use so many words. Don't be like them. After all, God, who is your Father, knows your needs before you ask him. Pray like this, then. Father, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day the bread we need. Forgive us what we owe to you as we also have forgiven those who owe anything to us. Keep us clear of temptation and save us from evil. You can be seated.
5: Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that we could pray together. Thank you that we've actually prayed quite a bit during this service. Thank you for the great privilege, and thank you for the reminder that we have of who it is that we're praying to. Thank you that you're the great God of this entire universe, and yet at the same time, you care about our prayers, you care about us. So help us to learn to know you better. Help us each time we pray to be reminded what a great privilege it is, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name, Amen. We're looking at the Lord's Prayer. We actually began a study in the Lord's Prayer back in November. It was November 16th, and there have been a lot of things that have happened since then. And having introduced that, we're going to actually get into the prayer and examine it little by little. But before we do that, I want to ask you a couple questions to get us thinking in the right direction. Are you feeling good about yourself and your circumstances this morning? You don't need to answer that out loud. But are you feeling good Uh, last Sunday night? pastor kevin was talking about troubles does anybody have troubles and i think that lots of people have troubles and lots of people aren't feeling necessarily real good about themselves or their circumstances some are but a lot of people are not is it possible that you're in a prolonged post-holiday blues slump i mean it's prolonged maybe it's lasting seven or eight years by now and it's exacerbated maybe by the temperature or by the um, the threats of the weather not the weather. The weather's been fine, but the threats of the weather that keep on coming sometimes can get us down. Or maybe for you, life is a little bit dull. Maybe it's a little bit boring. It's kind of ho hum right now for you. Maybe life is troublesome and scary. Or maybe you feel a sense of failure in your life. That happens, they say, sometimes when you approach a significant birthday or a milestone and you start to look back and you say, you know what? I never became what I thought I would become. I never accomplished what I hoped that I would accomplish. And you look back and you see a sense of failure. Sometimes you see it in your family. You say, I, I wish I could have been a better of this or I wish I could have been a better of that. Those things happen. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you feel okay. There's nothing seriously wrong at the moment. But again, we've learned, if you wait, things have a tendency to change. Well, in any case... If you want to feel better about yourself, if you want to feel, feel better about life in general, don't seek ways to build yourself up and custom-make your circumstances. Isn't that what we do? We try to find ways to get around the circumstances of life, and we try to custom-make them for us. But you don't really need courses in self-actualization. You don't need, I'm okay, you're okay, or you can make something of yourself. That's not really what we need. What we need is something very, very simple. And it's what we're aiming at this morning. We need to learn to know God better and to trust Him more. And then He takes care of all the rest. Learning to know God better, trusting Him more. We recognize if we know Him the right way, if we trust Him, that our lives and our circumstances will then be seen from His perspective, not ours. Our outlook on life and on ourselves will become His outlook, and that's the way that it should be. So, this morning we're looking at two words in the Lord's Prayer. They're two very encouraging words, uplifting, and I might even say they're very exciting words. Two words that can take us from despair, if that's where we find ourselves now, to joy, from a feeling of failure to a sense of victory. Two words that make a big, huge difference in our lives. And of course, the two words are our Father. We should never say them as a mechanical beginning to a prayer, some type of obligatory salutation. You know how we begin a letter? We've got to begin it somehow, so dear Kevin, dear Melissa. And so we've got to begin a prayer somehow, so it's our Father, dear Heavenly Father, or however it may be. But it should never be simply mechanical. Here's how I begin my prayer. When I begin a prayer like the Lord's Prayer with our Father, that says something. That says a whole lot. And in fact, it tempers the entire prayer and our daily being. So I would encourage you, if nothing else, to think about what it is when we're praying, and you're not going to be able to think about all that's going to take place in the next 25 minutes. You're not going to be able to think about that every time you say our Father, but maybe you'll think of some part of that. Maybe you'll think about the fact that we're praying to a Father who has a great, great love for us. I'd like to ask you if you'd do me this favor, and that would be to think right now about all of the great attributes and characteristics of fathers at their best. You can just think about that right now. Think about... Everything good that you can think of about fathers. Then I'm going to ask you to do some mathematics. I'm going to ask you to multiply those thoughts you're having right now by infinity. And you know what that will get you? A small glimpse of what our Heavenly Father is like. It won't even begin to approach it, but we think about all the best attributes and characteristics of fathers that we know of. We multiply it by infinity We'll be going in the right direction when we think about what a great God we have as our Father. Be sure to understand how personal the relationship is with our Father. Be sure to think in terms of the fact that we can meditate on the qualities of the Lord for the rich value that is there. There's a meaning all by themselves in there. So that's one of the reasons why we're going to be looking at these two words for two weeks. Our father and we're taking all these great attributes of god but please again understand who he really is he is not a heavenly boss i hesitated to put this picture up but it looks so much like paul Ruder that's why i didn't want to put it up <laughs> but don't think of paul Ruder. think of uh, god is not a heavenly boss nor is he a heavenly drill sergeant nor is he a heavenly heavy. Or, at the same time, he's not a cosmic killjoy. He's not a deadbeat dad. And many times we think of fathers and we're thinking about some of these things. This is not our God. He is not any of these things. We're often warned today that in today's world, we should think of another way to portray God. The image of Father is not a good one in many places. And so we're told, let's not portray God as father. A lot of people will shrink back from that. And it's true, many fathers are indifferent to their children. Many of them are apathetic, even violent or abusive or destructive to their children. I hate to even say that, but we know what our world is like today. And we know that all that kind of thing takes place. Some kids don't know their fathers. Some of them don't remember their fathers. All they have are bitter recollection of someone who ran out of the house. And I've heard this from this morning after the service. Some people said, you know, it took me back 40 years in my thinking, and it's still there. It's still very present. Those feelings about fathers who, to some of the children, you can't even bring it up because the mother then reacts against that. The father that's deserted them or done some things that he should not have done. So much so that the attitude many people have is, if God is a father, no thanks. No thanks. I'll take my chances on my own. I don't need that kind of help. Well, what do we do about this kind of a hang-up? Do we downplay God as Father? Do we make him gender neutral? No, we don't do that because the Bible presents God as our Father. What we need to do is to show God as the perfect, ultimate Father, not one out of a universal pool. God is not a Father. He is the unique Father. The way fathers should be, unfortunately, not the way they are. Some of us are blessed. We've had fathers who have given us so much, and we should be very grateful to the Lord for that. We've got fathers that as we look to them, it points us in the right direction when we think about God, but even the best of the fathers stop short when we're thinking about our Heavenly Father. We're thinking about our Father who's in heaven you know, though, that should challenge all of us who are fathers? It should challenge our fathering. Like it or not, the first thing children learn about fathers is from us who are fathers. Sometimes they learn good things about God the Father when they look at us, and it's great when that does happen. I heard a touching story about a pastor whose young son had become very sick. And uh, this is a pastor seen in a good light. I like those stories. There, There aren't a lot of them, unfortunately. But after an exhaustive series of tests, the father was told the sad and shocking news that his son had a terminal illness. Well, since the boy had already accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, the father wasn't worried about his eternal destiny. He knew that absent from the body, this boy would be home with the Lord. But at the same time, he knew that it was going to be very, very hard to inform the boy about the fact that he was going to die soon. So he prayed, and he asked for wisdom from God's Holy Spirit. Then he went to the boy with a very heavy heart. He went to the hospital ward. He went right to his son's bedside. He read a passage of Scripture. He prayed with his son. Then he gently told him the doctors could promise him only a few more days to live. And then he said, Are you afraid to meet Jesus, my son? And blinking away a few tears, the little boy said bravely, No, not if he's like you, Dad. That's the way that it's supposed to be. And even then, it stops short of who God really is. Unfortunately, that other side of fathering that I've mentioned is very prevalent. But we can't abandon the idea of God as our father. What we want to do is to paint a true picture as artistically as we can of who God is. Despite the backgrounds, despite other things going on, we paint a picture of who God really is. And again, I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but for some of you who deeply resent your fathers, you've been abused, neglected, harassed, ridiculed, maligned, cruelly hurt. You need to be careful that you haven't misplaced your negative feelings toward your human father to God. You may have had a hard time trusting God as a result of how you were brought up. You may have a wrong view of him even now. Let him be shown to you in our few moments that we have here this morning as the perfect Father, the way a father should be. And ask him to deal with your past, to develop a forgiving spirit, to confess attitude problems that may still be there. You haven't seen a true picture of fatherhood until you've seen the masterpiece. And we want to concentrate on the masterpiece. You haven't seen a true picture of fatherhood until you've seen that. There are a lot of cheap imitations and forgeries running around, but we need to concentrate on the masterpiece. What does the Bible teach about God as Father? Well, you know that if you go through the Scriptures, you read a whole lot about God as Father. It was frustrating in preparing the message this morning because there's too much to say in a week or two weeks or a month about God the Father, but maybe this will whet our appetites prime our pump a little bit as we're doing our reading and we keep seeing things about God our Father. It'll come back to our memory and add to it and enhance the masterpiece that we're painting of God our Father. We see God as Father presented in four different ways in the scriptures. One of them argues against, in fact, most of them argue against liberal theology that teaches us that God is everybody's Father. You've heard the expression, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. And that's universalism, universal salvation. And that's not true. It's a corruption of the real teaching of God as Father. But take note of this. God as Father, four ways. But we want to get rid of this idea that God is everybody's Father and that everybody, your brothers and sisters, we're all going to be in heaven someday because of that fact. In a very special sense, one way that God has presented his Father is that God is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the eternal Father, so it stands to reason He must have an eternal Son, and He does. And many, many verses point this out. Let me share a couple. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. And going a little farther, He fell on His face, this is Jesus, of course, and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Do you see that relationship, that father-son relationship? Where the Son was willing to be subjected to His Father and obey Him and do His will. That's where Jesus was. Matthew chapter 26, verse 53, where Jesus says, Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and He will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? And in John chapter 5, verse 18. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. That relationship, a unique one, the father and the son. The relationship of God, the father and his son, has implications for us as well. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 and 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 they both say these words blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 the reason for that blessing is because of this who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the whole in the heavenly places. And so their implications for us in this father son relationship in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, the blessing is for this. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Every spiritual blessing, even our salvation, these verses are telling us, belong to the fact that there is an eternal Father who has an eternal Son, and He's blessed us in His Son. So that relationship is, not only exists but has implications for us that are far-reaching and that are that are fantastic. We also see God presented as Father in the scriptures. God is the Father of Israel. Father of Israel. In Exodus chapter 4 verse 22, it says, "Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son." Please continue to pray for the nation of Israel. And pray that our country would support Israel as best we can do. Because Israel is still God's firstborn son. The apple of his eye. God loves the people of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 9. With weeping they shall come and with pleas for mercy I will lead them back. I will make them walk by brick brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I am a father in Israel and Ephraim, another name for Israel, Is my firstborn. So we see God presented as father to Jesus and as father to Israel. And then we see God is the father of creation and created beings. One example, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 6. Do you thus repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Is not He your father who created you, who made you, and established you? Elsewhere in the scriptures, He's called the father of lights, the father of spirits, the father of man. And only in this one sense can he be said that God is the father of mankind. And that's by virtue of creation. And so we have God is the father of all of these things. And then finally, and very significant, God in a strictly defined sense is the father of the redeemed. That means he's the father of those of us who are in this building who have received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And this is unique. This is for us. He's our father in a very special relationship, and it's a beautiful relationship. How does it happen? Very clear. John chapter 1, verse 12, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's a right that we have to be children of God. That can only happen because we have a Father who gave us that right. And how does it come about? Those who receive Him, those who believe in His name. John chapter 20, verse 17. Jesus said to her, and it's Mary in this case, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father? But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Those who aren't members of God's family have another father, unfortunately. In John 8, Jesus said to some of them, you are of your father, the devil. And then he went on to explain further the implications of that. But the point is, the redeemed have a special relationship through faith. Galatians 3, 26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. John 1, 12 says, through believing and receiving the Lord Jesus so God, our Father, four relationships. He's the Father of Jesus, the Father of Israel, the Father of creation. But He's the Father of the redeemed. He's the Father of all of us who are His children because we placed our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Which leads to another question. How does our Heavenly Father relate to us as His children? How does He relate to us? as his children and I hope this will be a blessing in these next few minutes as we go through this but I'd like to ask for your help for just a moment and that is this what good things do we see fathers doing this is participatory so I'm going to ask you to help me what good things do we see fathers doing if you just call out looking around your experience your life your world what good things do we see fathers doing somebody call out wow so everybody called out at once Uh, guidance, providing. He provides for us as our Heavenly Father. I heard helping, I think. I missed that. Somebody else yelled it out. He protects us. Gotcha. Thank you. Okay. Did I hear love? Thank you. That's first on my list, so I wanted to make sure that got in there. Um, Okay, we're thanking We're thinking in terms of many things that he did. Since it's first on my list, we'll go right there. How does our Heavenly Father relate to us as his children? He loves us. There are people around, maybe people in our midst today, who don't feel very loved by anyone or anything. Please understand, God loves his children. We see this in a lot of ways, but one of the the great ways is that we see it actually in Jesus himself. Because Jesus says this in John fourteen nine, He said, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So if we want to see about love, we want to know what it is for the Father loving us, first let's take a look at Jesus and look at Jesus' love for us. This is the Jesus who cried over Jerusalem with a mother's love. Remember, he wanted to gather up his people like a mother hen gathers up chicks. And take them to himself. This is the same Jesus who at the death of Lazarus with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, all the people who were, who were there about that Jesus actually cried because he cared so much about the pain that they were going through. It's the same Jesus who gave up his life to die for us. And it's the same father who sent his own son to die for us. So when we're talking about good things that fathers do, we're talking about something our father does better than any of them or any combination of them. he loves those who are his children John 16:27For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me Jesus said, and I believe that I came from God and the song that was sung for us just a few moments ago first John chapter three verse one see what kind of love the father has given. To us. The New International Version says the love that He's lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. So, because God is our Father, He loves us with a perfect love. Nobody here is ever unloved for one second, not even one nanosecond. We're loved by our Father. The first reminder that we should have when we pray, Our Father, is that, again, this isn't mechanical. I am praying to the Father who loves me absolutely. And so this is a love exchange that is going on in a prayer. It's not obligatory. I'm not praying because I'll feel guilty if I don't or because in some class or some sermon somebody's going to tell me I should be praying. I'm praying because it helps to establish a great love relationship. My Father who loves me is waiting for me to approach Him in prayer. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thought. Maybe you've caught a glimpse of this on a human level. Maybe not, but a father's love. I know that my philosophy of fathering, and I can't claim that I've had success, but my philosophy of fathering, um, I can claim I've got two boys I'm very proud of, but I I can't claim it's because of me. But my philosophy was if I'm going to make a mistake, let it be in loving too much, not loving too little. And however that's expressed, that's something that I I kept trying to do that, and I I want to express that, and I think that's what God does. He loves us as much as possibly we can be loved. Not only that, He teaches and trains us in so many ways, and it's all through the Scriptures. He didn't leave us here to ourselves to try to figure it out. He gave us His Word. In fact, in Matthew 11, chapter... uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 27, it says, At that time, Jesus declared... I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. You've revealed them to little children. That's us. That's the people that God wants to teach. He wants us to know truth. Yes, Father, he said, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Truth has been revealed. God has been revealed. We get to know him better when we think about this prayer and trust him more. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we know these verses parents are told to teach diligently their children in all kinds of ways at all kinds of times. Something else that we get from our Heavenly Father. We talk sometimes about parents being giving. We talk about Mothers being very giving, very sacrificial. Every once in a while you hear fathers are the same way. Our Heavenly Father, again, is the ultimate giver. And He gives with a full knowledge of what we need. He never has to guess. He can never be conned. couple of verses in, in random. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Matthew seven eleven, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? James one seventeen, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And we all know John three sixteen, God so loved that he gave, and he gave his only son. I've told you this before and I keep coming back to this when I think about a father and I think about giving. I think about a gift that our dad gave to my brother and me one time. It was a a fort at Christmas. It was a fort for our army men that we could play with and he knew our needs. He knew it wasn't a need but he knew our wants, our desires. He knew that we played and we did all sorts of things and uh, we could hear work going on in the basement and I'm sure my sister must have been helping him because my dad wasn't the most handy person in the world. His tools were all in a drawer in the kitchen and a plastic bag that I believe probably came from Woolworths. Kind of hammer, you know, that has a little bit of piece of wood and then a little, little at the end, a little solid metal that you could maybe, maybe hammer something in, I'm not sure. But he was down there working and working and working. Came Christmas, we got this beautiful gift of a fort. I could not believe the workmanship. Maybe if I saw it today, I'd say, you know, it wasn't all that much. But at the time it was it was absolutely fantastic thinking in terms of a father giving thinking about what god fashions for us every single day as he looks at us and plans for us and and continues to give us he gives a lot of things he gives rewards the bible tells us he gives the kingdom he gives the holy spirit he gives salvation he gives whatever we ask according to his will he gives us peace he gives us unsearchable riches he gives us strength we could do a concordance study, and we could go through, and we could find God gives us these and a whole lot of other things. What else does he do? He cares. He cares and in a special way. Psalm 68, verse 5 says, He's the father of the fatherless and the protector of widows. That's God in his holy habitation, a God who cares. Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? He's good at taking care of the birds. Aren't you worth a whole lot more than the birds? Well, yeah, our Father cares for us. Second Corinthians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Psalm 103, verse 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Another thing that we could say is that we have a Father, Heavenly Father, who disciplines us. He does it because it's for our own good. Proverbs 3, 12 says, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a Father, the Son he delights in. I go back to my own Father again. It was holy, holy. Thursday we were having a communion service at the church where he served for many many years he was preaching a third of the message, I was preaching a third of the message and another pastor was preaching a third of the message I don't know if you've ever noticed this about me but I can find humor in a whole lot of places that other people don't find humor, I just, everything seems to strike me funny, I I, I enjoy a, a a lot of things that are humorous well it was the Holy Thursday service, it was a very sacred time and I got up And I said something that could have been construed as a little bit frivolous for the occasion. Actually was frivolous for the occasion. And afterwards, my dad took me apart and he said, You know, son, there's a time and a place for everything. This was not the time and the place for you to go off on that little humorous tangent. Well, what was he doing? That was a father who's doing what he's supposed to be doing. That's a father who's disciplining someone that he loves or admonishing someone that he loves. And our Heavenly Father will do that for us when we step out of line as well. I wish I could tell you that I've learned that time and place for humor better than I have, but I've tried, and it wasn't my father's fault that I turned out this way. It was my mother's. What else do fathers do? They forgive. So do mothers, I hope. (laughs) 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have fathers who forgive, uh, fathers who spend time, but nobody like our Heavenly Father because he's never not within us. Here's good news about human fathers. Good news, research shows fathers spend seven times as much time interacting with their children than their own fathers did with them 40 years ago. That's the good news. So, fathers spend seven times as much time interacting with their children than their own fathers did with them 40 years ago. The bad news is that it was only five minutes 40 years ago. Now it's 35. That's the bad news. But the point is this. We have a personal relationship with our heavenly father that is growing and spending time is something that he does because he is vitally involved in every part of our lives. Some studies have shown, and I know there are other studies that have shown different things, but some studies have shown that the number one first word from a child, regardless of the gender of that child, is "dad, da da that evolves into daddy. In the first century Palestine, a little Jewish infant would say Ab, 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 that would evolve into Abba, Father, the Aramaic equivalent of Daddy. Kittle pointed out that though the gospel writers used the Greek term for Father, Jesus probably used the Aramaic Abba in all cases, particularly when he addressed his Father God. This intimate father-child relationship to God was something wholly new to Judaism but not new to the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand what's going on with regard to that. So much so that in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's relationship. That's spending time. That's growing intimate in that relationship. There are a lot of other things. I stopped at ten and um, eight, nine, and ten. Father refereeing, protecting, speaking up for us, and so many other things that could be said. But here's the point: as we look at all of these, and there are many things that could be said. But when the father's excuse me, when the Lord's prayers recited. Or if you take the time during your own quiet time to think about the words of the Lord's Prayer, each phrase in that quiet time, don't say even the first two words without thinking even a brief thought that our Father, our Father, the one who loves me, the one who teaches me, disciplines me, cares for me, comforts me, wants to spend time with me, who forgives me, our Father, that's who I'm praying to. I'm not trying to get through this prayer. I'm not trying to get in and out as quickly as I can. I'm not trying to run a formula. I'm thinking in terms of I have the privilege of communion with my Father in heaven. He gave me that privilege because he gave me the right to become his child when I trusted Christ. There's an instant message of encouragement in those two words. And if my prayer doesn't get any farther than our Father, it's been a great prayer already. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can call you Abba Father as well. We respect you. We are in awe of you. And yet we can call you Daddy at the same time. Thank you for that personal relationship and thank you for your great love that you've lavished on us, given us the right to be your children. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: There's a hymn and our hymnal that I understand, I'm over here, (laughs) I understand that uh, you haven't sung before, at least not many of you, and I thought it was so fitting today that we would sort of learn it and then sing it, so I'll sing it through once, and then if you'll sing that first verse that's on the screen again with me, and then we'll sing the second verse as a way to conclude our thoughts this morning.
2: as we sing the second.
5: Heavenly Father, and we don't say that lightly, thank you for helping us to get to know you a little better this morning and trust you more. Help us to take this into the world now. Thank you in Jesus' name.